blocks is ours. How does faith and belief um, is the Faith and belief, I think, are synonymous, at least for the way we talk. Hope. Hope needs a hook to hang on. But I don't think, I, I, I'm not dissecting here the difference between belief and faith. For tonight, I mean, I didn't even look it up, so I wouldn't be able to answer you that. But for tonight, we're going to call it synonymous. I did want to not make synonymous hope and <coughs> It's interesting because that joke I told you about and God said let him buy a ticket once he buys a ticket he has hope not buying a ticket would be faith but that would be a faith that God doesn't want we need to make vessels but not hope faith and from faith go on into creating a hook you can have hope and then go find deeper talents that God gave you and go find your connections and make the right phone calls and do the right things but the footprints the footprints can't even be hope. The footprint needs to be absolute faith. That's the Chanoch Nanara Pidarko. So based on what you're saying, or at least my understanding, the, our history as a Jewish people, uh, you know, has been basically, you know, it's, we went through a lot, uh, and still do, you know, a lot of disasters, calamities, and hardships. Is that God's way of building our Nunaq? Tonight's class wasn't that that's God's way of building our amuna. It was the other way around. It's because we would go through this, Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob, and Rebecca, and Sarah, and Rachel, and Nosolea, had to have children which would define nature. That's what we were talking about today. I just want to, I just want to clarify where I was coming from. I hear your question. I just want to clarify where we came from, which leads you into your question. But what I was saying until now was that because we would need to be infinite because we would need to be uh, invincible therefore it couldn't just be man woman make a baby god pulls the plug brings them into faith the footprints of infinite and then now go create a nation now you're asking another question the other question you're asking basically is how we're handling today's lecture god pulls the plug on us so that we can reconnect with the child pure level of connection the footprints of God so yes you know I'm going to use this metaphor if you don't mind there are reflectors on the road when we start veering off the road it wakes us up bum, 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 bum. you can look at it that way when we start forgetting about the footprints of God and we start again with the fingerprints of wow look what I did I am a genius so every once in a while we hit those reflecting bumpers, like bump, 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 bump. Okay, I got the message, God. Okay, okay. And get back into line. Sure. I mean, even, you know, on a more you know, general level, not just, you know, specifically I, but as a nation, when, and you see it, you see it every day. You know, when we try to assimilate, when we try to become, you know, part of the, the larger picture of the rest of the world, you know, it, it doesn't seem to work. You know, they always tend to single you out. You know, you're different. No matter how much you want to be part of the rest, you're always set, you know, you're different. And again, I always looked at that as his way of showing us or telling us you are different. Don't try to be like the rest of them. And we try, throughout history, we tried so much 
to be like the rest, but he always brought us back to who we are, who we really are from the very beginning. I want to add on something to that. I want to add on just one point. That's a beautiful point you make. <clears throat> but I want to add on that if you look at Nobel Prize, you'll find that Jewish people were never allowed to just be different. You see, that's the fit on the roof scene. You got to be at the point of the roof and play your fiddle. See, if God just told us I want you guys to be different. I don't want you guys involved. I don't want you guys engaging with. Just go back to the desert. I'll send you the clouds. Mana will be arriving every morning on time. That would be one type of life. See, but the challenge of the Jew is that God demands of us to be super successful in technology, medical, financial, everything. But the fingerprints of us need to be replaced with the footprints of God. So God's not telling you, you don't get it yet, you're different. You don't belong in medical school. No. God's telling you, go to medical school. Remember, you're different. God wants us in the forefront of human achievements. But... Take away your fingerprints and have the footprints of God. That's what I meant. You just said it better. <laughs> That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> Anyone else? How do you get the ego out of the way? If I knew the answer to that question. You know, there's an interesting story to tell. They tell a story that uh, they asked about Shem Tov, how do we know who's your successor? And Baal Shem Tov said, whoever will be able to give you the answer to this question, how do you get ego out of the way? And they looked at Baal Shem Tov and said, but how would we know if he gave us the right answer? And Baal Shem Tov said, the answer is that there is no way. Every morning you've got to pray. Just pray that you can get your ego out of the way. Because ego, not in a bad way. We're not talking about narcissistic. We're just talking about egocentric, survival. Is the genetic composition of all creations. And then God blows the soul in your nostrils and tells you, I hear how I made the shell, but now I want you to see the light. And we'll always be struggling between those two paradigms because they're both real to us. The paradigm of our body is very real, egocentric. I need to eat up something else for me to survive. I mean, we can go on forever. Animal rights movement, and then there's the fruits rights movement, and there's the grass rights movement. I mean, who are we to destroy anything for our survival? But that's just the way God created the world. And then introduce that there's something beyond egocentric, which is theocentric. With that being said, I'd like to give you at least one story that you can meditate upon to deal with ego. Story was told to me by a very, very great man. He should live and be well, Rabbi El Khan. He told me an interesting story once by Febrengen. He said that in Israel, there was this simple Jew that came over to him and asked him a question. And the question was as follows. Why do all the great mashpiyim, 
the great mentors hide when they daven? That was the question. If you know the way the system works, in Far Chabad, for example, in the yeshiva, Rab Mendel, Futafas, used to sit by davening and then go into his room. We knew which was Rab Mendel's room, and there he davened by himself for hours. And this was normal. Chassidim would hide. There was another Chassid in the fifth generation who would go into an attic and meditate and daven there for hours. So he asked, why? Why do you have to hide? Why can't you daven right here so everyone can see you daven? Obviously the answer is ego. It's very hard to daven because people are noticing that you're davening. And you're noticing that they're noticing that you're noticing. It's a problem. So he said, but one second. The problem isn't that I see you davening. The problem is that my seeing you daven affects you. So what is hiding going to take care of? If the problem was that I see you, then you hid. You took care of the problem. But the problem isn't my seeing you. On the contrary, if I see you daven like a mensch, I'll be inspired to daven a little better. So the problem is that you're affected by my seeing you. So what's hiding going to help? That was his question. Rabbi asked him, so what should a guy do? He doesn't want to be affected. You're right, hiding doesn't take care of the problem. But what should he do? A man uh, Biel told me like this. He told me the Yid looked at him and said in Yiddish, Rise up. You're being affected? Don't be affected. How can you not be affected? Rise up your paradigm. Instead of thinking that he's looking at you, think that Hashem's looking at you. A higher paradigm. Your king's looking at you, you're not worried no more that other guys are looking at you. So to answer your question, it's redirect your paradigm. Instead of your paradigm being that you're looking or feeling that other humans are looking at you, just rise up. The more you realize that you stand in front of God, the more the ego melts away. It's a, it's a stronger focus. It's not easy. We're so used to feeling eyes on our back. We're not used to feeling the eye who sees and the ear who hears. So to answer your question, a meditation to help with the ego is to remember the simple ABCs of Shulchan Aruch. Shaviti Hashem Negdi Tamid. To always know that I stand before God. So if I stand before God and God's looking at me, I wouldn't even feel that Joe Schmo was looking at me. Just a story that I remind myself when you tell when you ask the questions, I shared it with you. You know, it's from concept to concept. I think I shared this with you once. My kids are challenged when they dive in here because they're sitting in the front, so they have to turn around and see what's going on, and you know. And, Everyone thinks it's cute to talk to the rabbi's kids in the middle of davening, and I can't scream at them, so I have to scream at my kids, and whatever. It's all, it's all part of being a rabbi son. So I told my son once. I told him, I'll tell you what I do. I learned this when I was in school. Just build a bubble around yourself. They're outside of the bubble, and you're inside the bubble. So when you get married, it's easier. Put the towels on top of your head and finish. You have a physical bubble. But that's what happens. And if you look in Tanya, that's what Al-Tarebbe says. When the person next to you is talking, 
You don't want to hear his conversation, but you can't help hearing his conversation. So you have a choice now. Be pulled into him or dig deeper into yourself. That's the bubble. Same thing with the ego. Redirect your paradigm. It's not easy. I told you this before. I told the whole class this before. The Rebbe said by Febrengen, human nature is so difficult that you do a mitzvah and you hide when you do it because no one's supposed to see you. And you're praying that someone should see you that not only you did it, you even hit when you did it. <laughs> it's not easy. That's the genetics of, of, our, of, our, of our making. But then we have a neshama. We have a neshama. And sometimes the answer is, I gave a class on this once before in the Garden of Amunah. The answer is, shh, I don't want to hear you right now. You know when you think about something and you don't want to think about it and you turn on the radio to some good music and you put it loud, you shouldn't be able to think, you shouldn't hear your thoughts? Let's do that with our egocentrism. Sometimes turn on the radio. I just don't want to hear that thought right now. I'm not going to argue, I'm not engaging, I'm not going to spar with you. I just don't want to hear it right now. And that's where you leave go of hope and fall into faith. Making sense? Other questions? Good guess.